be he 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 invented himself and actually What's figured out a way to capitalize. Baal Shem Tov says that when you think about God's kindness, you bring God's kindness upon yourself. Hashem wants those who fear Him, those who expect His kindness. Baal Shem Tov said, you think about God's kindness, it draws God's kindness upon you. As the Tzemach Tzedek said, think good and it will be good. And the Rebbe once commented on this and he said, and he said that People think that it always means somebody else. When it says the Torah, when, when the, when the, although it says that if you think good, it will be good, that's what it says from the Torah, but everyone always thinks, yes, that's true, in someone else's situation, in a certain way, it doesn't mean me, it doesn't mean today, it doesn't mean now, doesn't, everyone always thinks it doesn't mean them, but it's not really beneficial to think that way. It makes you, it make, it makes you uh, paralyzed, and also slows, down Hashem's, slows Hashem's blessings down, and it minimizes them. Because the more you think about God's blessings, the more you think about God's kindness, you open up the pipeline of God's blessings and it makes it wider. And when it's wider, what happens? More comes down and faster. When you think about Hashem's kindness, it brings God's kindness upon us. So the world needs a lot of, a lot of uh, kindness. So let's think about, let's meditate on God's kindness a little bit. This is actually uh, very apropos to talk about because this week we're reading about the blessing of the Kohanim. This, this week is the largest Torah portion there's 176 psukim. It's also the largest, interesting, the largest, um, the largest uh, chapter in Tehillim. Kufiyotet has also 176 verses. Also, the largest book of the Talmud has 176 pages. So, th- there's one um, uh, blessing, very unique blessing that we read, that we read about in the Torah, the blessing of the coin. Hey Ali, Shabalik, good to see you, man. You get you get you get you got a lot of points, man. You can come, you can five minutes later on my book, no problem. <laughs> so the blessing of the Kohanim is not just a blessing that Kohanim say, it's a blessing that parents bless their children with, especially before Yom Kippur. It's a blessing that you give a khatan and a kala before parents give a, their their son and daughter before they get married. It, it's a the Brit, yeah, it's a blessing also. Before, every morning, all of us, whenever you wake up in the morning, the, in, the brichat, in the morning blessings, I know the Ashkenazim, we say this blessing right, the, first, the first thing of the day. Also, Ashkenazim say it too, right? Brichat yeah. Kohanim. So, so and, and even if you're not a coin, you say the blessing every morning. As soon as you, you thank God for the Torah, you have to say words of Torah. What words of Torah are chosen? Not Shema Yisrael, the blessing of the coin. So, we want to understand exactly what's so unique about this blessing. What does it mean, and, and uh, what is its power, and how do we connect to it? It's interesting, uh, a friend of mine, uh, his name is Shachar Rahmanas, he's in Mexico, he told me his grandfather was a big tzaddik, and I, haven't, I don't remember his grandfather's name, I just remember that he's a big tzaddik, and that he, in, in, a very interesting, um, interesting take on the, uh, on the Birchat Kanim. He says that there are 60 letters in Birchat Kanim. And in the, in the nighttime, before we go to sleep, we talk about the 60 men that surrounded King Solomon's bed. King Solomon had 60 men around his bed protecting him. So also, before we go to sleep, we say the, we say the blessing of Kohanim, which has 60 letters, as a, as a, by saying that blessing, that, that giving that blessing itself is a, is, a, is a protection. So when we give the blessing, we have in mind every, every other Jew in the world, that God should bless and protect every other Jew, wherever they are, and we're all connected to each other. But there's a special, unique thing when it comes from a Kohen, 
And that's why the Torah says when a coin gives a blessing, everyone covers their faces. Why? Because at the moment the coin gives a blessing, in his fingers there is the divine presence, there is a Shekhinah. And that's what you don't want to look at the Shekhinah, you don't look, look at the divine presence because it could hurt your eyes. Why would God's presence hurt your eyes? That's a different question. But, but that's why it's the customary not to look at the fingers of the Koyanim. When I was a child, I always peeked out just, you know, I want to see what, what, what can we look at exactly, you know? Okay, maybe that's why I need glasses. Whatever. Anyway, so, <laughs> but um, I, I don't know if you know, um, you know, Mr. Spock in, in, the, in Star Trek. Spock, he was a Koyanim. Yeah. And, he, and the Vulcan thing was, was, the, was the sign of the Koyanim. Yeah. Right, but anyway. Actually, I'm not sure if he was a coin, but he, he used that, but he was definitely Jewish. Anyway, so... Um, he used yeah, yeah. Right. So, in, there's a book written by Avram Avinu by Abraham. Abraham wrote a book called The Book of Formation. And that book has all the secrets of Kabbalah. And he says the blessing of the Koenim... Yeah. Say if it says, written by, 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 uh, by Avram Avinu. And he says in that, in that, um, in that uh, blessing... He says in that book, I'm sorry... That every single blessing that anyone ever needs and that exists in the world, it's all included in Birchat Kanim. The um, there are sixty uh, joints in the hands. In the human being, there's there's two hundred forty eight limbs, but in the fingers, there's sixty. And the coin. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about that was this morning. Now it's a lot less. That's the show. Anyway, all right. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that another time. But another issue has to be dealt with. Anyway, so uh, so this so the sixty uh, letters, the sixty 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 limb, sixty um, uh, bones in the hands, and it is the uh, it's, it's where a lot of blessing comes from. And one of the blessings the coin says is, may Hashem show favor to you. May God show favor to you. Which is an unusual expression. Favoritism, or as we say in Yiddish, protectia. Protectia means that you let someone in, even though they don't deserve it. Now God says in His Torah, that He wants all judges that will ever rise in, in, in human history, that if there ever will be a judge, the judge cannot be someone who takes a bribe. And the angels actually ask God, and they said to God, how is it that you are accepting this, uh, you write in your Torah that the Jewish people should find favor in your eyes. Favor means that it's beyond what they deserve. You should show favoritism to them. Why would you show favoritism? Aren't you the God who does not get bribed? Aren't you the God who does not show favor? Aren't you the God of truth? How is it that the blessing we give each other is to have favoritism, to be bribed, that God is partial to us? How could that be? So the Talmud has an interesting response. The Talmud says, God says, how can I not show favoritism to the Jewish people? Why? I say in my Torah that you should bless me when you're full, when you're satiated, but they bless me even when they're not full. The Torah says you're only supposed to say the after blessing, when you're full. But we make a blessing after we eat, even if we only, only eat like 27 grams, kazayit, equivalent to the size of an olive, you have 27 grams, you also say the the after blessing. So, even though it's, you're not full, you still say that blessing. So God says, look at the Jewish people. They don't, they're not obligated to bless me, and they still bless me anyways. How can I not show favoritism to them? That's what God responds. But that, 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 that conversation makes us wonder. First of all, you're not allowed to say a blessing in vain. 
There's even many questions that come up about whether it's better to violate a law of the Torah rather than say a blessing in vain. For example, we learned last week the laws about milchiks and fleshiks, about meat and dairy. Let's say it's been three hours after you had this kebab and you walk by munchies and you get an ice cream and you say shahakol on the ice cream. Whoops, you said shahakol on the ice cream. It's been three hours. Can you eat the ice cream? You said shahakol already. So it's not so simple. Some say that, you, that it's already been three hours. Some people have a custom that three hours is enough and therefore you could have the ice cream. Some people say you shouldn't. It's not so simple. Let's say it's a fast day. You're fasting all day. You made a mistake. If someone gave you a cup of water, you said, can you drink the water after you say the blessing? It's not so simple. So, so we see that you don't want to say God's name in vain, even though it's a blessing. Even though it's a blessing, but if you're not going to, um, if the blessing doesn't have a reason, that blessing is considered in vain. And so therefore the question is, how God shows favoritism to us because we're saying a blessing in vain? doesn't make sense. What does that mean? So, I'll tell you the uh, explanation of the Yedah Kodesh, Shabzim Chabunam Epshish. You can say that three times fast, you will lose your Sephardic passport. It'll never again let you into a uh, to Sephardic synagogue. Pshish. Try that. That's, hey, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> so, so, um, said, said, he explained. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you his explanation before I tell you his explanation. I'll tell you a story. There was this guy whose wife got sick and he had to put her in a home and he hired someone to cook for him instead. And ever she cooked for him, he always would say, It's good, but as we say in Ivrit, Zeloza. <laughs> it, it wasn't his wife, he hired someone to cook for him. My wife was in an old age home, and he said, "This isn't this is this isn't what it is. This isn't what it's what it's meant to be." So she was very insulted, but she was also very resourceful. So she learned lots of different kinds of um, uh, culinary skills. She learned, you know, all kinds of Mexican and Thai and Italian and and Chinese and and, and whatever she cooked for him. He always said, "Zeloza, it's not it." And one day, she was cooking. And she got a phone call, and she had to get the phone, and she comes back, and the food is burned. She says, oh my gosh, this guy is always so 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 particular about his food. There's no way he's going to like this. He says, please don't eat it. It's, I'll, I'll do it again. It just it didn't come out. It got burned. He says, it's okay. It's okay. I'll eat it. And then he says, ah, he eats it. There. This is it. This is it. This is just like how my wife makes it. <laughs> just like how my wife makes it. And that was special to him. It was special. Then why was it special to him? Because it was the way his wife made it. Wasn't it? Wasn't the way the food? It wasn't the taste of the food. It wasn't the content of the food. It was the one who made the food for him. It was. It was because it reminded him of of his wife, and that was was special. In a similar way, the Jewish people we say a bracha, we say a blessing on the food, even though it's not the right amount, even though it's only an ounce, it doesn't say satisfy us, but we're satisfied with it anyways. Why are we satisfied with it? It's not, it's, not, it's not enough to satisfy. It's only an ounce. It satisfies us because we know who, who it comes from. It satisfies us because since it comes from God, although it's, it's not the, the natural amount that satisfies the body, but because it comes from Hashem, we say it satisfies us. And that explains Hashem's response. What does that say? It doesn't make sense. There are many things we're not obligated to do, and we, we do anyways, that the rabbi is told to do, that they're instituted by the sages. There are many fences around the Bible that we do that, that are not technically an obligation of the Torah. But the, when God responded to the angels, what was the one thing he pointed out that we do? He didn't say the fact that we do, uh, 
um, uh, all the blessings, uh, the morning blessings, the blessings before we eat that were instituted by the rabbis too. The blessings of Shaakol, Mezonot, Adama, that was all instituted by the sages. It wasn't written in the Torah explicitly. The, the angels didn't mention that. The angels only mentioned the after blessing. Why didn't the angels mention Muktza? You know what Muktza is? On Shabbos, you're not allowed to touch many things. Not only are you not, not, not allowed to do the 39 prohibited things to do on Shabbos, there are many things you're not allowed to touch on Shabbos. By the way, when you're learning Torah, it's like it's Shabbos. You know, and there said, for example, just like when you, on Shabbos you don't touch your phone. So when you learn Torah, it's supposed to be you, don't, you can't touch your phone. Can you hear me? Uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> maybe, if, maybe if I'll call him up. <laughs> Anyways, so so why is it this specific thing? God says this 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 will cause me to break the rules for you. Why is this break, cause me to break the rules for you? Very simple. Just like we say to God. I am satisfied with what you give me, even though it's not something, not because of what you're giving me. What you're giving me doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't cover all the bills. What you're giving me doesn't, doesn't satisfy all the things that I want to accomplish. But because it's coming from you, therefore I'm satisfied with it, and therefore I thank you for it. So God says the same as with you. Even though I command you to do 613 mitzvahs, there's 613 commandments, and you're not really measuring up to all the commandments that I'm giving you. You're just, just doing a little bit here, a little bit there. So God says, just like you are not, you're not, uh, you're satisfied with me because I'm giving it to you. So God says, I'm also satisfied with you because of you're the one who's giving it to me, not because of, not because of the thing that you're giving, but because of who it's coming from. This poor guy comes to the United States. He wants to wants to find some kind of work, and he decides he's going to go outside the Empire State Building and sell, sell sandwiches. And he's selling sandwiches. And one guy sees this, this this new green green guy. He just arrived in the United States. He's a greenhorn, and he's selling sandwiches. And he's selling the tuna fish sandwiches five dollars. He he gives him five dollars. Guy says, "Here's a sandwich." He says, "No, no, no, it's okay. I just want to give it to support what you're doing, trying to make it in this country." Here's five dollars. Every day we stop by five dollars. <laughs> one day, he says he calls him back. He says, "Don't you remember? I, I don't need the sandwich. I just want to give you the give you the, the money." He says the price has gone up. <laughs> it's now eight dollars. So I, I have a good one. No. Where? The two people in New York, you know, they make a scene that they bought. You know how do you say? You know, they But they all live in the same place. They all come home. I come home every night. One of them only made like a hundred dollars. One of them a thousand dollars. And it's like this every day. They go to the same spot. One collects a thousand. One collects a hundred. He said, "How do you do this?" He said, I have a sign saying, I'm a Pakistani citizen. I need 10 more dollars, you know, to buy the ticket to go back home. And I butchered it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so th- there, there's a, there's a Pasuk about God's kindness. The Pasuk is, Katonti Mikola Chasadim. Hashem, the pasuk means, I've, means I'm unworthy of your kindness. When we think about God's kindness, right? So the, 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 the Yaakov Avinu said after Yaakov uh, was waiting for Esav to attack him, Yaakov says a prayer to Hashem. Yaakov says, which literally means, I am unworthy of all your kindness. All your kindness you've given me, I'm unworthy of your kindness. That's what Yaakov Avinu says. But there's a deeper meaning to those words. The Alter Rebbe, who was in prison for 53 days, and he wrote a book, which was 53 chapters, and there was, apparently in heaven it was decided that he had, to, he had to have sacrifice 
for 53 days in order to be able to write the book of 53 chapters. And when he wrote, came out of prison, he writes a letter to all the Hasidim of his. And the letter begins with, I am unworthy of the kindness. But he doesn't say, I'm unworthy of the kindness. He says, I've gotten smaller because of the kindness. The kindness that God gives me makes me smaller. What does that mean? We have in us two parts. We have a soul and we have a body. The body is ego. The body sees everything through the eyes of ego. And everything that happens to the body is all in the lens of the ego. person feels very successful, very, very affluent, very blessed. He has lots of great things. Even when he turns to God and says, thank you for all the kindness that God has given me, he still feels like, thank you, God, for all that you have given me. I've got so much. The more he gets, the bigger he feels. That's, that's the natural way that a human, human being is. The more you have, the, more, the bigger you feel, and the, and the more greater you feel. You know, you're saying God gave it to you, and you, you're, and you attribute it to God, but still you feel greater because God gave it to you. That's, that's natural. There's a natural um, arrogance that comes with, with wealth. I don't know if it goes away. Like this guy who, who, who goes to the synagogue, and he, he, he lost all his money, and he goes to the synagogue, and he says to his wife, you know, I came back from the synagogue, and no one... I, I, no one's asking me anymore. Don't worry, Ali. I'm going to make the same mistake as you already. <laughs> he says to his wife, he says, people, I, I, people used to ask me all the time, who should get this Aliyah, who should get that Aliyah, where should this person sit in the synagogue, where should that person sit, what should we do? And I lost my money. I didn't lose my intelligence. How come no one's asking me questions anymore? <laughs> but as they say in the Fiddler in the Roof, when you're rich, they think you really know, right? But the, when he lost it, they, they don't think that way. So, so, so he... He, he actually felt, and people feel, but when they become successful, that they're, they're smarter. And that's the natural way people feel, that the lens of your body is, that you're, you're, through the lens of ego, there's something called the LA virus. You know what the LA virus is? <laughs> gimme, 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 gimme. You look at someone, and you say, what can the guy give me? And you're talking to them, but while you're talking to them, you're thinking, what can, the guy, what can I get from him? And as soon as you realize, can't get anything, you move on. You move on. It's it just like... That's the way the person exists in your head. What can a guy give me? And when, as soon as he, he can't give you anything, there's nothing to talk to him. But that's how our body looks at things. That's, that's our, how, how about our neshama? How about our soul? Our soul is a whole different perspective. Our neshama, our soul, looks at everything by the lens of the connection to God. Our soul looks at everything by, by how this connects to Hashem. A friend of mine was on an airplane. And he asked someone to put on film. The guy right away dismisses him. I don't want to put on film. Leave me alone. So my friend sitting next to him, and he says to him, Hey, um... He's, he's, they're going to Mexico. He says, he's from Mexico. He, he says, what do you do in Mexico? He says, I have a company. I have 3,000 employees. We have this, this textile uh, clothing company. He says, oh, tell me, did you do really good in school when you were in, uh, in, in, in college? In mathematics? Is nope. How about in history and science? <laughs> Mediocre. So let me ask you a question. How did you deserve to get such a hug from God? Why did God hug you so much? He gave you a wife, and he gave you children, and he gave you such, such success. Why did God give you such a hug? The guy, right away, he broke up, he pulled up his sleeve. He, he, there's a lot of things that go on in our life, we don't realize they're getting such a hug from Hashem. How many, if you would stretch out all the human veins, all human veins, to go, if we could take all the veins out of our body, and stretch them out, how far do you think it would go? Circle the earth. Circle the earth? Two and a half times. Two and a half times. A hundred thousand. Uh, and twice, two, two people, me and Avi stretched out all our veins. Don't worry, we're not going to do this. It will go all the way to the moon. All the way to the moon. That's, that's, that's how long human veins are. And in the veins, in the veins, there's blood. And there's blood constantly circulating. And unlike, unlike the 405, 
There's no, there's never, there's never traffic. There's never traffic. The blood flows, and the blood flows, and the blood flows, and, and it's a bigger miracle that we're alive than than Chasron Passon passes. Always something tragic happens. It's a much bigger miracle that we're alive. Every moment, 15 million red cells die, and 15 million new red cells are are are, are produced. We we don't realize the constant miracles that are happening with us every single moment. So, it's it's we we could kadurin. We don't. We don't realize all the chesed, all the kindness Hashem does for us all the, at every time, but it's, it's really good to think about God's kindness. It's good because it brings more of God's kindness, and also it opens up ourselves to God's blessings. Just like we said before about the Kohen, the why does God give us more? When we say to God, I'm happy because of what you gave me, I'm happy because it comes from you, even though it's not exactly what I wanted, not because of what I got, but because you gave it to me, so God says, I'm going to give you, not because of what you deserve, but because I want it because of you're my child. That's, that's, that's what happens. There was this man, his name is uh, Nacha Markowitz, Ein Gesund. He's the one in Crown Heights who's responsible. You've, you've been in Crown Heights on Yom Kippur? No. On, on Yom Kippur, after, after the, the prayers finish, they have these big trucks. They give out cake and orange juice. You know, at a regular synagogue, giving out cake and orange juice, like a few pieces of cake and, and orange juice. At seven, outside 770, there's like trucks with, with huge uh, trays of cake and orange juice. And he's in charge of it. He's a special man. He was, when he was in yeshiva, he was very bored. He was came to Rebbe for a private audience. He used to he, one good thing he would do. He would he would he would work for Shmira. He would stay up at night to uh, guard the streets of Karnites so people should be safe. But he felt very bored, very bored. And he came to Rebbe in a private audience. He told the Rebbe, "I want to. Um, I think I should get married because I'm bored. <laughs> maybe if I get married, I won't be so bored. You know, maybe I, I just life just bores me." So so the Rebbe said, "You're not ready to get married yet. You're not so stable. But what you should do is." You should spend five minutes studying Torah, the written Torah, and five minutes studying the oral Torah. You know, the or, oral Torah, written Torah is uh, David. The written Torah is the the the. the <laughs> thank you for translating. The written Torah is the uh, is the Bible, and the oral Torah is like the laws of the of the sages that we, got a, we have a, a tradition that Moses gave in Mount Sinai orally. So, and he ever said five minutes this, five minutes that, and if you want to learn more, don't. The most you could add is a fifth, meaning you could add a sixth minute to the written Torah and a sixth minute to the oral Torah, but not more, not more. So <laughs> what happened was he started learning, learning members what he was learning. He said he's learning Parshas Vayera, and Parshas Vayera, and learning the, the angels of visiting Avraham, and, and it was interesting to him. And he wanted to learn more. He said, no, you can't learn more. And you know what happened? Those five minutes to him, Came the focal point of his day. It became the time he connects to God. The time he feels that God is with him. He's close to Hashem. And and he, and he finally came to the Rebbe and asked for permission to extend. The Rebbe said, "Okay, <laughs> we can do this. We'll, we'll do it." But what, 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 before that, he never felt any connection to God. He never felt that he has any. He, felt he's not, he doesn't deserve it. Doesn't he's not he's not he's not he's not sensitive to it. it. Doesn't mean him. God isn't really talking to him. He felt like it wasn't really relevant to him. But that that gave him a moment in the day where there was a connection. And that's so important to, to think about in ourselves, in our lives, different moments where we felt Hashem giving us something. If, if, if before we pray in the morning, we would think for a few minutes about all the kinds Hashem gives us, it doesn't make us smaller. It doesn't make us, I'm talking about feeling less worthy, that you're undeserving, that you feel small, you feel bad. Feeling small, katonti means you think less, thinking about God more doesn't mean, doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It means you think of yourself less. Does it mean? <laughs> Thinking about God more doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It means you think of yourself less often. 
and you think of yourself less often, you you feel more God's hugging you. You feel more how God's taking care of you. When you feel how God's taking care of you, there's a different kind of a different kind of life. It opens up a whole new world. You feel different. You walk around the world, world and you feel that God's taking care of you. As as language of the Baal Shem Tev, Baal Shem Tev says that every Jew to God is like an only child born to parents in their old age. They think how much parents love that child born to in their own old age, even more precious. So the bottom line is like this. It says in the Torah, open up for me, Hashem says, like the eye of a needle. And Hashem says, I'll open up for you, like the opening of the ulam. The ulam was a huge uh, open doorway in the temple. And Hashem says, open up for me, like the opening of a needle, like the eye of a needle, and open up for you a lot more. What's the meaning of opening up for the eye of a needle? And a needle pricks. <laughs> Might be small, but it pricks. So that what, what, what the Hasidic masters say, what does this mean? You have to think about Hashem in a way that it pricks you. In a way, that, in a way not, just, not that it hurts you, but that it touches you. That it, 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 that there's a reaction. If we think about Hashem's kindness in a real vivid way, we think about Hashem's kindness that Hashem is actually giving me personally a hug. He's watching over me, taking care of me. It brings more of God's kindness. It opens up the, the pipeline of God's blessing. But more than that, it opens up your eyes and your ears and your heart to, to the mitzvah that you're going to do. Before you do a mitzvah, take, take one mitzvah, take one, one prayer of the day. You're gonna, before you begin that prayer, just think about how you've, moments in your life where you felt God's kindness. Where you felt like, like when you found, everyone has their own moments. I don't, I don't, I don't want to ruin your moments for you by, by telling you my moments. But uh, that's, that's the bottom line. Unless you have to think about Hashem's kindness in a real way, and that brings God's kindness upon us, and this will bring the main kindness that we need. That Hashem should watch and protect every single Jew wherever they are. And we should see, we're like one sheep among 70 wolves. We've always been like one sheep among 70 wolves. How are we still here, Ellie? One sheep among 70 wolves. You know why we're still here? Because the big shepherd. The big shepherd. I feel so bad. I have to say it again. It was so bad. I have to say it again.